0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: What's up, everybody? You're listening to another episode of Life in English. I'm your host, Tony Kazen. And this episode should actually be pretty quick because I'm simply going to tell you 10 very short but very funny stories. Because the five short stories episode is by far the most popular episode that i have produced for this podcast. So, i'd like to share some more short stories just for you to enjoy for your entertainment. All right? Now, i won't be explaining any of the words or the phrases in this one because well, honestly, i think that the english is easy enough to understand, easy enough to follow, right? So, if you can comfortably listen to my podcast on a regular basis, you should be able to understand all the words uh, that are being said in these stories. Now, whether or not you see the humor in these stories is beyond my control. So I will, however, put a link to all these stories in the show notes for this episode. And um, I guess that's it. So I'm just gonna explain the main idea of the story, then read the story, and then move on to the next one, all right? Now, I've got a quick but entertaining show for you today. So let's get started. All right, so in the first story, a mother suspects that her son is sleeping with his roommate. All right, so let's check it out. A mom visits her son for dinner who lives with a girl as a roommate. During the meal, his mother couldn't help but notice how beautiful the roommate was. She had long been suspicious of a relationship between the two and this had only made her more curious. Over the course of the evening, while watching the two interact, she started to wonder if there was more between him and his roommate. Reading his mom's thoughts, the son said, I know what you must be thinking, but I assure you, we're just roommates. About a week later, his roommate came to him saying, Ever since your mother came to dinner, I haven't been able to find the silver plate. You don't suppose your mother took it, do you? He said, Well, I doubt it, but I'll email her just to be sure. So he sat down and wrote this email. Dear Mom, Since you visited me, the silver plate has been missing. I'm not saying that you did take the silver plate from my house, and I'm not saying that you didn't take it, but the fact remains that it's been missing ever since you were here for dinner. Love, your son. Several days later, he received an email from his mother, and this is what it said. Dear son, I'm not saying that you do sleep with your roommate, and I'm not saying that you don't sleep with her, but the fact remains that if she was sleeping in her own bed, she would have found the silver plate by now under her pillow. Love, mom. All right, so that is the end of story number one about a very intelligent mother with a good sense of humor. All right, so let's get on to story number two about an elderly woman or an older woman who tries to make a deposit at a bank. All right, let's check it out. A little old lady went into the headquarters of the Bank of America one day carrying a large bag of money. She insisted that she must speak with the president of the bank to open a savings account because it's a lot of money. The receptionist objected, saying, You can't just walk in here and expect to see the president of the Bank of America. He's a very busy man. But I'm here to make a very large cash deposit, said the old woman. The receptionist looked at the sack of money, then walked back to one of the rear offices. She came back and said, you're in luck this morning. He will see you now. And took the woman in to see the president of the Bank of America. When she walked into the large office with a nicely tailored man behind a great oak desk, the bank president stood up and asked, How may I help you? She replied, I would like to open a savings account and place the bag of money on his desk. How much money would you like to deposit? He asked, curiously. One hundred and eighty thousand dollars, if you please. And dumped the cash out of her bag onto the desk. The president was surprised to see all this cash. So he asked her, Ma'am, I'm surprised you're carrying so much cash around, especially a woman at your stage in life. Where did you get so much money? The old lady coyly replied, I make bets. Surprised, the president then asked, "Bets? What kind of bets?" The old woman said, "Well, for example, I'll bet you twenty-five thousand dollars that your balls are square." "What?" cried the man. "You want to bet me twenty-five thousand dollars that my balls, my testicles are square?" <laughs> he could hardly hold back from laughing. "Yes, you heard me. In fact," By 10 o'clock tomorrow morning, I'll bet you $25,000 that your balls will be square. The man smiled, thinking that he had a live one. You've got yourself a bet, and he shook her hand. The little old lady then said, Okay, but since there's a lot of money involved, may I bring my lawyer with me tomorrow at 10 a.m. as a witness? Sure, replied the confident president. That night... The president got very nervous about the bet and spent a long time in front of the mirror checking his balls, turning from side to side, again and again. He thoroughly checked them out until he was sure that there was absolutely no way his balls were square and that he would win the bet. The next morning, at precisely 10 a.m., the little old lady appeared with her lawyer at the president's office. She introduced the lawyer to the president and repeated the bet. $25,000 says the president's balls are square. The president agreed with the bet again, and the old lady asked him to drop his pants so they all could see. The president complied. The little old lady peered closely at his balls and then asked if she could feel them. Well, okay, said the president, obviously embarrassed, thinking to himself, $25,000 is a lot of money, I guess that's okay. He then said, Yes, $25,000 is a lot of money, so I guess you should be absolutely sure. As the old woman started to feel the banker's testicles, he noticed that the lawyer was quietly banging his head against the wall. The president asked the old lady, What the hell is wrong with your lawyer? The old lady replied, Nothing. Except I bet him $100,000 that at 10 a.m. today, I'd have the balls of the president of the Bank of America in my hands. All right, so that's the end of story number two. And uh, so far, we got two short and funny stories and two very intelligent women. All right, now let's get on to story number three, which is parents. Uh, telling their kids that they're going to get divorced. All right, so let's check it out. An elderly man in Phoenix calls his son in New York and says, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are getting divorced. 45 years of misery is enough. Dad, what are you talking about? The son screams. We can't stand the sight of each other anymore, the old man says. We're sick of each other, and I'm sick of talking about this, so you can call your sister in Chicago and tell her. And he hangs up the phone. Frantic, the son calls his sister, who explodes on the phone. They're not getting a divorce if I have anything to do about it, she shouts. I'll take care of this. She calls Phoenix immediately and screams at the old man. You are not getting divorced don't do a single thing until I get there I'm calling my brother back and we'll both be there tomorrow until then don't do a thing do you hear me and she hangs up the phone the old man hangs up the phone and turns to his wife and he says all right they're coming for Thanksgiving now what do we tell them for Christmas Alright, that was the end of story number three. Now, let's get right on to story number four, in which a man asks his wife to bury him with all of his money. There was a man who had worked hard all of his life and had saved all of his money. He was a real miser when it came to his money. He loved money more than just about anything. And just before he died, he said to his wife, Now listen, when I die, I want you to take all my money and place it in the casket with me. Because I want to take all my money to the afterlife. So he got his wife to promise him with all her heart that when he died, she would put all the money in the casket with him. Well, one day he died he was stretched out in the casket. The wife was sitting there in black next to their best friend. When they finished the ceremony, just before the undertakers got ready to close the casket, the wife said, wait a minute. She had a shoebox with her. She came over with the box and placed it into the casket. Then the undertakers locked the casket and rolled it away. Her friend said, I hope you weren't crazy enough to put all that money in there with that stingy old man. She said, Yes, I promised. I'm a good Christian. I cannot lie. I promised him that I was going to put that money in the casket with him. You mean to tell me you put every cent of his money in the casket with him? I sure did, said the wife. I got it all together, put it into my bank account, And I wrote him a check. And that is the end of story number four. And a common theme I'm starting to realize or recognize, I should say, throughout all these stories, you'll probably realize it too, is that in a lot of these stories, you got a lot of women making men look really, really stupid, man. Just an observation, you know, just something I I notice now reading these stories. But let's get on to story number five, which is about two drunken Irishmen. All right, let's check it out. Two men were sitting next to each other at Murphy's Pub in London. After a while, one man looks at the other and says, I can't help but think from listening to you that you're from Ireland. The other man responds proudly, Yes, that I am. The first one says, So am I. And where about from Ireland might you be? The other man answers, I'm from Dublin, I am. The first one responds, So am I. Mother Mary and Begoria, and what street did you live on in Dublin? The other one says, A lovely little area it was, I lived on McCleary Street in the old central part of town. The first one says, Faith and it's a small world, so did I, so did I. And what school would you have been going? The other one answers, Well now, I went to St. Mary's, of course. The first one gets really excited and says, And so did I. Tell me, what year did you graduate? The other one answers, Well now, let's see. I graduated in 1964. The first one exclaims, The good Lord must be smiling down upon us. I can hardly believe our luck winding up in the same place tonight. Can you believe it? I graduated from St. Mary's in 1964, too. About this time, Vicky walks up to the bar and sits down and orders a drink. Brian, the bartender, walks over to Vicky, shaking his head, And he says, it's going to be a long night tonight. Vicky asks, why do you say that, Brian? Brian says, the Murphy twins are drunk again. All right, so maybe that story wasn't so easy to understand just because of the language that was being used. Um, I tried to read the story word for word without changing too many things. So maybe, you know, that one might be difficult, but just understand some of the things that were said in there are not things you're going to hear every day in spoken English, at least not in the United States, maybe in Ireland or or England or something like that, but not here. All right. Now, let's get on to story number six, which is about a lawyer who will not stop bothering a woman on an airplane. All right. Let's check it out. A woman and a lawyer were sitting next to each other on a flight from Los Angeles to New York. The lawyer asked if she would like to play a game. The woman, who was tired, just wanted to take a nap, so she politely declined and rolled over to the window to get some sleep. The lawyer persisted and explained that the game was really easy and a lot of fun. He explained, I ask you one question, and if you don't know the answer, you pay me $5, and vice versa. Again, she declined and tried to get some sleep. The lawyer, now agitated, said, Okay, if you don't know the answer, you pay me $5, and if I don't know the answer, I'll pay you $500. This caught the woman's attention, and figuring there would be no end to this torment unless she played, she agreed to the game. The lawyer asked the first question, What's the distance from the earth to the moon? The woman didn't say a word. She just reached into her purse, pulled out a five dollar bill, and handed it to the lawyer. Okay, says the lawyer, your turn. She asked the lawyer, What goes up a mountain with three legs and comes down with four legs? The lawyer, who was confused, took out his laptop searched all his references, and found no answer. He taps into the airphone with his modem and searches the internet and the Library of Congress. No answer. Frustrated, he sends emails to all of his friends and coworkers, No answer. After an hour, he wakes the woman up and hands her $500. The woman says, Thank you. And she turns back over, trying to get some more sleep. The lawyer, who was more than a little bit upset, woke the woman up and asked her, Well, what's the answer? Without saying one word, the woman reached into her purse and handed the lawyer another $5 bill and went back to sleep. Alright y'all, that is the end of story number six. So, let's get on to story number seven. Uh, This one is about a woman who gets pulled over and admits to committing murder, alright? And in this one, I'm going to be doing three different voices, just so you can clearly hear the difference between the people that are talking, alright? So let's get started. Is there a problem, officer? Ma'am, you were speeding. Oh, I see. Can I see your license, please? I'd like to give it to you, but I don't have one. You don't have one? I lost it four times for drunk driving. I see. Can I see your vehicle registration papers, please? I can't do that. Why not? I stole this car. You stole it? Yes. And I killed and hacked up the owner. You what? His body parts are in plastic bags in the trunk if you want to see. At this moment, the officer looks at the woman, slowly backs away to his car, and calls for help. Within minutes, five police cars circle the car. A senior officer slowly approaches the car with his hand on his gun. Ma'am, could you step out of your vehicle, please? The woman steps out of her vehicle. Is there a problem, officer? One of my officers told me that you have stolen this car and murdered the owner. Murdered the owner? Yes, could you please open the trunk of your car, please? The woman opens the trunk, revealing nothing but an empty trunk. Is this your car, ma'am? Yes, here are the registration papers. The first officer is stunned. One of my officers claimed that you do not have a driver's license. The woman digs into her handbag, pulls out her purse, and hands it to the officer. The officer snaps open the purse and examines the license. He looks quite puzzled and confused. Uh, th- thank you, ma'am. One of my officers told me you didn't have a license, that you stole this car, and that you murdered the owner. I bet you the lion bastard told you I was speeding too. All right, so that was the end of story number seven. So let's get on to story number eight. And this one is about um, a husband and a wife and how they scared the life out of a taxi driver. All right, so let's, uh, let's check it out. My husband and I were dressed and ready to go out for a lovely evening of dinner and theater. Since our house had been robbed in the past, we turned on a nightlight and the answering machine, then put the cat in the backyard. When our taxi arrived, we walked out of our front door and our fat cat ran between our legs and ran up the stairs. Since our cat likes to chase our bird, we didn't want to leave them unsupervised, so my husband ran inside to retrieve the cat and put her back in the yard. Since I didn't want the taxi driver to know our house was going to be empty all evening, I simply explained to him that my husband was going to be out momentarily as he was just saying goodnight to my mother. A few minutes later, he got into the taxi all frustrated and said, Sorry it took so long, but the stupid bitch was hiding under the bed and I had to poke her ass with a coat hanger to get her to come out. She tried to take off, so I grabbed her by the neck and I wrapped her in a blanket so she wouldn't scratch me like she did last time. But it worked. I hauled her fat ass downstairs and threw her into the backyard. She better not shit in my vegetable garden again. The silence in the taxi was deafening. And that is the end of story number eight. Now, let's get on to story number nine. One of my favorites Out of all 10 And it's about a young girl Who can predict the future Alright So let's check it out A father put his 3 year old daughter to bed Told her a story And listened to her say her prayers Which she ended by saying God bless mommy God bless daddy God bless grandma And goodbye grandpa The father said Why did you say goodbye, Grandpa? The little girl said, I don't know, Daddy. It just seemed like the right thing to do. The next day, the Grandpa died. The father thought it was a really strange coincidence. A few months later, the father put the girl to bed and listened to her prayers, which went like this. God bless Mommy, God bless Daddy, and goodbye, Grandma. The next day, the grandma died. My God, thought the father. This kid is in contact with the other side. Several weeks later, when the girl was going to bed, the dad heard her say, God bless mommy and goodbye daddy. He practically went into shock. He couldn't sleep all night and got up at the crack of dawn to go to his office. He was nervous as a cat all day. He ordered his lunch to be brought to him, and he watched the clock. He figured if he could get by until midnight, he would be okay. He felt safe in the office, so instead of going home at the end of the day, he stayed there, drinking coffee, looking at his watch, and jumping at every strange sound. Finally, midnight arrived. He breathed a sigh of relief and went home. When he got home, his wife said, I've never seen you work so late. What's wrong? He said, I don't want to talk about it. I've just had the worst day of my life. And she said, you think you had a bad day? You'll never believe what happened to me. This morning, the mailman dropped dead on our porch. All right, y'all, that was uh, the end of story number nine. We just have one more to go. Also, another one of my favorites on this list. And this one is about a man who buys a lie detector and he tries to use it on his family. Okay. now, again, there are three people, three characters in this story. So I'll try to do three different voices just so you can clearly see who's talking at which time. All right, let's check it out. A man buys a lie detector robot that slaps people who lie. The man decided to try it out at dinner. Son, where were you during school hours? At school. The robot slaps the son. Okay, I was at my friend's house watching a DVD. Which one? Kung Fu Panda. The robot slaps the son again. Okay, it was an erotic movie. What? When I was your age, I didn't even know what an erotic movie was. (laughs) The robot slaps the dad. (laughs) He's your son after all. (laughs) The robot slaps the mom. All right, y'all, that's it, man. Those are the ten stories that I got together for this episode. Hopefully, you could follow along quite easily, and hopefully you found them as entertaining as I did. you know, like I said, I just wanted to uh produce another episode that I thought you guys would really enjoy. I'm still experimenting with the show, you know, different subject matters, different time links, and stuff like that. and like I said, the five short stories episode was by far or is by far the most popular episode. So I just wanted to do uh, another one because I figured you guys would enjoy it. All right. But I guess that's it for now, man. I won't waste any more of your time. time. This has been another episode of the Life in English podcast. I'm your host, Tony Kaizen, and I'll talk to you later. Peace.